Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on Blessed are the Peacemakers, preached on April 13, 1997. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, 9 through 12, Blessed are those who are peacemakers. For they'll be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now this is not a beatitude that uh, tells us about pacifism or disarmament. This is not a prescription for peace in the international arena. In this seventh beatitude, Jesus did not say, blessed are the troublemakers. And you know them. You are in a room, there is peace, and then somebody enters that room. Self-centered, selfish, proud, arrogant, and all of a sudden. There is trouble. This is not a benediction on such people. The troublemaker, let me tell you, is the devil. Who comes to steal and kill and to destroy. And you know he came to the Garden of Eden. And the first couple, Adam and Eve, through his temptation, became sinful. And we know in Adam... All are sinners. So Paul concludes in Romans 3, all people alike are under sin. He says, none righteous, none understands, none seeks God, no one does good. All have turned away, all have become worthless. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. Or read in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, and so on. Or listen to Jesus In Mark 7, out of human heart comes theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, slander, arrogance, and so on. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are told that all descendants of Adam follow the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the evil spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. Let me tell you, not only the devil 
is troublemaker, but all those who follow him are troublemakers. They all are enemies of God and therefore oppose God in their thought and in their will and in their affections. And not only they oppose God, but they oppose one another. The reason human beings oppose one another, the reason there exists civil war and and all, all other wars in the world is because of the enmity man has against God and this in turn manifests against fellow men. So all wars and quarrelings come according to the scripture from the sinful heart of man. Jesus here says, blessed are the peacemakers. As I said, this is not speaking about peacemaking in the arena of international politics. And this statement has no reference, of course, to the establishing of organizations like the United Nations. Because Jesus himself, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, declares this truth. Beginning with verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Jesus is speaking in terms of the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world, he said so. Jesus himself came down to show the way of peace between God and man and between man and man. Peace in the spiritual sense. When Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, that statement implies there is no peace, but there is hatred and enmity. So peacemaking involves a removal of hatred and enmity. Hatred, wrath, and enmity on the one hand. And on the other hand, peacemaking involves In the ushering in of the condition of shalom. The condition which causes man to be righteous, peaceful and joyful. A peacemaker causes the troubled to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now let me tell you, peacemaking is not seeking peace at any cost. Peacemaker is not an appeaser, one who smiles a lot and not taking a position on anything, one with an easygoing personality, nice and flabby. A peacemaker must establish right relationship between the estranged parties based on truth and righteousness. And the truth is, The wrath of God is revealed against all 
the godlessness and wickedness of men. The truth is that God demands this. Be ye holy for I am holy. The truth is God is holy and we are unholy. The truth is the Lord does not leave the guilty unpunished. The truth is all men are guilty and therefore incapable of this peacemaking task. Blessed are the peacemakers. And if we are incompetent because we are sinners, if we are incompetent to make peace, then of course we must understand this peacemaking must begin with God. God himself must make peace. And so we read that the father has taken the initiative to make peace with the enemies of his. In the book of Judges chapter 6 and verse 24, we read Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. See the Lord appeared to him. And he thought he was going to die. And God said. Be not afraid. Peace be unto you. The Lord is peace. The priestly benediction. Culminates in the Lord's giving his people peace. It says the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. This peace that God alone can give removes sin, guilt and punishment and ushers in all the conditions necessary for man's perfect happiness and prosperity. Because according to Hebrew understanding of peace, peace is not just absence of troubles but also presence of conditions in which one is prospering and one is perfectly happy. So peace according to the Bible is synonymous with salvation. I said God must take the initiative to establish peace. And the Bible describes God as God of peace. Romans 15 and verse 33. The God of peace be with you all. Or Hebrews 13 and verse 20 we read. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus and so on. God is the God of peace. He must make peace if we are to have peace and imitate him in the task of making peace. And we read God the Father chose us in Christ before the creation of the world that we should be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. And he gave those whom he chose to be holy and blameless to his son. That he might redeem them. So we read. In the gospel of John. 17th chapter. We read about the gift. 
that God has given to his son consisting of people whom the son was to redeem. He did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all for our redemption, for our salvation, yea, for our peace. So at the birth of Jesus Christ, the angels sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests, the Father's favor rests, those whom God has chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. We cannot have peace with God as long as we are all unrighteous. Peace with God demands that we be righteous in God's sight. But how can we be righteous and have peace with God when in fact we are wholly unrighteous and God's holy wrath is abiding upon us. Well, we read in Romans chapter 3 and beginning with verse 21. But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known. This righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. God presented Christ Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. And God did so so that he can be just and justifier of all who believe in Jesus Christ. So then in Christ's sacrifice, the wrath of God against us sinners is removed. So Paul says Christ died for our sins. And now we receive total forgiveness of sins and perfect righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you where there is righteousness, there is peace. So God of peace must make peace and he did so. Turn with me to this glorious declaration by St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 17. Therefore, anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, new heart, new nature. The enmity is taken away, a heart of flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Now notice, all this is from God. God's initiative. God is the source of it. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is peacemaking job. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. That's a glorious statement, isn't it? Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
God has given us a ministry. God has given us a message, which is the gospel. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. God has also given us a, an office, a position. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then this glorious statement, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me tell you that's shalom, isn't it? When you say shalom aleichem, you are talking about this righteousness of God coming to you, which brings about peace. Not only the Father has taken the initiative, but what about the work of God the Son? God the Son makes peace. In fact, we read in Ephesians chapter 2, for he himself is our peace. Paul says, in Christ, you who were far away, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near through Christ's blood. And then he says, for he himself is our peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. God's plan of salvation, God's plan of peace was accomplished by his son, Jesus Christ. And Isaiah called the son to be the prince of peace. The one and only son of the father. The one and only son of the God of peace. Is also the prince of peace. His mission is to make peace. And he makes peace in righteousness. Through his obedience and death on the cross, he destroyed, we are told, the enmity between God and man and man and man. Let's turn to Ephesians 2 one more time, read and understand. Verse 14, for he himself, that is Jesus Christ, is our peace who has made the two one. Meaning the Jew and Gentile. Meaning people who hate one another. And has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing in his flesh. The law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself. One new man out of the two. Thus making peace. You see that. Thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. And let's read. Beginning with verse 19. For God was pleased. God the Father was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That is Jesus Christ. And through him to reconcile to himself, that's making peace, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, notice then, by making peace, 
Eirenopoieo. One word. Making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, I said we cannot make peace. God must make peace. And God had a plan. And that plan was executed on the cross by Jesus Christ. Because peace must be established according to truth. Through his blood shed on the cross, Jesus Christ made peace. Jesus suffered the penalty of God's wrath for our sins. Now, I I hope you understand. You are about to die, some of you. I hope you understand how you can have peace with God. Don't believe any lie. There is only one way you can have peace with God. And that is trusting in Jesus Christ who shed his blood on the cross. And what was he doing there? Making peace between God and man. If you believe in anything else, you are not ready to die. Jesus suffered the penalty of God's wrath for our sins. Jesus Christ's death tore The barrier of the veil of the temple from top to bottom. Opening a way for us to have access to God. That we can come boldly to the very presence of God. By his death he also destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility between man and man. The reason we can love one another, the reason we can even love our enemies is because God in Christ destroyed the hostility between man and man. When he died on the cross, so Paul says through Christ, we both, that is Jew and Gentile, have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus Christ Death dealt with the cause of enmity. Sin. And so those in Christ, that is those who trusted in Jesus Christ, who made peace by his own death on the cross, those who trust in Jesus Christ are a new creation. They are given a new heart to relate to God and man. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now God lifts up his countenance and grants us peace, shalom. And this peace of God fills our heart, enabling us to be blessed peacemakers. What about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit also is engaged in this peacemaking activity. Because it is he who gives us new birth. Jesus said you must be born again. Born of water and of the spirit. And Holy Spirit gives us new birth. He convicts us of sin. You see no rebel who refuses to repent shall be given peace by God. You see, peace is established in truth. You must kiss the son, lest he be angry. And so, the Spirit of God gives us new birth, a new heart, a new life. And he convicts us 
of sin. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. He points us to Christ the peacemaker on the cross. The spirit of God gives us such grand understanding of the person and work of Christ. And this Holy Spirit gives us faith. Authentic faith. To believe in Jesus Christ alone. That we may enjoy peace with God. And we are told he produces in us the fruit of the spirit. Which is love, joy, peace, patience and so on. So God must make peace. And God must help us to receive peace. And having enjoyed that peace, we become peacemakers. In other words, we have a responsibility in the world not to become troublemakers, but to become peacemakers, even though peacemaking involves troublemaking. Jesus sent his apostles to preach the gospel. And he said, as you enter the house, the home, give it your greeting. Shalom Aleichem. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. This peace is the peace of the kingdom of God. It is the peace from the Prince of Peace. Received on the basis of faith and total surrender to Jesus Christ. And if people will not surrender to Jesus Christ. And listen to the gospel of the kingdom of God. The peace comes back to you. And even now I believe some peace is coming back to me. Because you are not receiving. You don't want to surrender. Yourself to Jesus Christ. It is coming back to me. And in the case of others. It is resting on you. Today. Every believer. Is in the peacemaking business. Every believer. Who enjoys this peace with God. And peace of God. Through the mediating work. Of Jesus Christ. Is called upon. To proclaim the gospel of peace. Paul says. God has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And not only that, God has given us a position. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. You don't hear God speaking from the heavens. In thunder and lightning, no, God is speaking through me and through other human beings who are believers and proclaimers of the gospel. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you, we beseech you, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become righteousness of God. That's what peace is. Or in Ephesians 2.17 it says. 
He, Jesus Christ, came and preached peace to you who were far off, meaning the Gentiles, and those who are near, meaning the Jews, preached peace. Who came? Jesus Christ came and preached peace. Well, that's what he's doing, but he's doing it through the church, through you. Through me, right now, Jesus Christ is preaching peace, peace. And it rests on some who will submit to his rule. And it bounces off others who will not believe. They will rather believe in a cult. They will do everything else except surrender to the sovereign Lord of the universe Jesus Christ and receive peace. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Let me read to you from verse 14. Take a look at it. Exercise your mind. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I said it is Jesus Christ who is preaching, but he is using the church. Now, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, notice, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's a citation from Isaiah 52 and verse 7. Which reads like this. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. Who proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings. Who proclaim salvation. Who says to Zion your God reigns. And that was the preaching. The kingdom of God has come in Jesus Christ. Notice, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. Peace is equal to salvation. The Bible says our feet, the believer's feet, must be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace as we go out into the world. The purpose of our existence he is to make peace, to become peacemakers, to evangelize, in other words. Filled with the Holy Spirit in the total confidence of God as the ambassadors of the sovereign Lord of the universe. We are told in Ephesians 1, God seated him at his right hand and placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything. So we go forth proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming peace, proclaiming salvation, proclaiming your God reigns. Proclaiming that God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself. The Beatitudes spoke about character, but now it is speaking about our ministry. We are peacemakers. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He who believes in the Son has life. And he who rejects the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. No matter 
what you believe in. We are qualified to do this. Because we are poor in spirit. We are those who mourn. We are meek. We are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we have been filled with righteousness. Means peace. And we are the merciful. But above all. We are the pure in heart. The righteous is as bold as a lion. The pure in heart. Will be bold and compassionate to. Bring the medicine of the gospel to the sick and dying. So Paul says, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He says, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the prescription of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and to the Greeks. So when you read the Christian in the pilgrim's progress. What is he doing? He is speaking to his family. With the great earnestness and passion. And determination. And conviction. That we must get out of the city of destruction. And be on the way to the celestial city. That's where we must begin brothers and sisters in our family. We must begin functioning as peacemakers. By proclaiming with all compassion and earnestness the gospel of peace to our family. Home is also where the world is. And then from there we go forth with our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. Do you go out without shoes? They do that in the third world but not here. We want to put on the shoes when we go out. And what is? What is it? It is the readiness to proclaim the gospel. You remember after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples and proclaimed. What did he say first? Peace. Peace. He just accomplished it. By his death and resurrection, he comes and says, peace to you. And then declared this Repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's peacemaking job on the basis of repentance, on the basis of total and complete surrender to Jesus Christ. You give them forgiveness of sins. So we have a responsibility on the basis of what God has done. To imitate him as his sons to be peacemakers. So practically let me say a few things. First, home must be a place of peace. I know some of your homes don't have any peace. Pray to God, oh God, make this place a place of peace. That people will be rightly related to God and rightly related to one another. Quarreling and fights and wars come because of self-centeredness and selfishness. Oh God, have mercy upon our homes. Let peace prevail. Pray that every single person may come to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ and then you will enjoy peace. And every member in the home will be bound by the bond called what? Peace. 
That's joy, isn't it? That's life. That's happiness. That's fulfillment. Secondly, in the church, everyone must strive to maintain peace. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. Verse, verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Paul spoke to you, dear, and Sinteke in the Philippian church to be of the same mind. And I think we can speak that to this church and any church. You cannot look at the cross and be divided, to be self-centered. Psalm 133 tells us this, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And then verse 3, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Where there is peace and where there is unity, there is blessing. What is blessing? Life forevermore. And when we go out into the world, we are to live in peace as much as it depends on us. Look at Good Samaritan. He met a, an enemy, a Jew, who was beaten up and abandoned. And his own kind refused to help him. And here is an enemy who loves this person. That's the first thing, loves this person. And then he sacrifices. He does something costly. The Bible says, bless those who curse you, pray for love them feed your enemy understand peacemaking is costly peace was accomplished by Christ through the shedding of his blood therefore we must also be willing to incur certain cost as we relate ourselves to the world look at Stephen he preached the gospel. It was a great, great sermon. How do you know that it was a great sermon? There was great persecution. There was great prayer. And he died. What was he doing? Making peace. And you notice at least there was Saul of Tarsus. Whose heart was touched. And eventually he was made able to surrender himself totally to Jesus Christ. And so if you want to be peacemakers, let me tell you, first, we must do in meekness. Meekness means we should look to God. You cannot see God and be proud. Secondly, you must understand, once we were enemies of God, and God showed us mercy. Meekness. Second, we should do so in wisdom. Wisdom from above is first pure and then what? peaceable. You have to receive wisdom from God which he will give us when we ask him. Thirdly we are told follow peace and purity. In other words if our hearts are not pure we cannot be witnesses to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. 
When we are pure, we will not be afraid. Fourthly, we must speak truth. We cannot compromise. We have to preach the gospel that Jesus Christ, God, man, died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and on the third day he was raised from the dead. And he is the sovereign Lord of the universe. And he says, he is the one who is preaching through us, saying, repent and you shall have peace. Next, we must be quick to hear and slow to speak. We must ask the Holy Spirit to control our tongue. A spirit-controlled proclamation of the gospel. Next, we must know the gospel. Turn everything else off and look into the book, study it. Study the Bible, study theology. The other day, a so-called famous preacher said, he said, I have seen a dead man rising from the dead. And on television, they asked him, did you really see? He said, what? No. That type of preaching has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It is manipulation. It's fraud. Preaching the gospel is not teaching people how to make more money. And how to be healthy and wealthy and famous. Know the gospel. Study the book. Next, pray. Prayer means we are dependent on God. That God may give us grace and all utterance. That God may fill us with the Holy Spirit. So we can fearlessly proclaim the gospel. That God may help us not to be interested in the things of this world. Not to be impressed by the things of this world. How come we are afraid? Because we Our souls are impressed by the world. Finally, count the cost. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. Finally, listen to this. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, understand, figure in. There will be persecution. There will be death itself. Ready to die. Finally let me tell you there is a reward. It doesn't matter what the world is saying about you. The world will persecute you. But blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. What does it matter? The world may slander us. Abuse us. And even kill us. You read the whole book of Acts. There the apostles functioned in this way. They were peacemakers. And there also we read persecution and death and killing. Nothing unusual. But one day the Lord will honor us. He shall acknowledge us as what? Sons of God. He will not say to us, cursed are you. Depart from me, you wicked ones. He will own us as his sons. There is no greater blessing than to be owned and acknowledged by God as his own sons. Peacemaking is a God-like work. God makes peace so his children imitate him. What matters is what God would do to us 
on the last day. He will, in other words, esteem us highly. There is no greater honor than to be called God's sons. If sons, heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ. If sons, we shall reign with him forever. You have to focus on that. That one day we will die and we will face him. And may God help us to hear. You are my son. Hallelujah. I declared peace to you. And some of you are going to die. You need to examine yourself and see. Whether you have surrendered. Totally and completely. To the sovereign Lord of the universe. Jesus Christ. Who made peace. By shedding his blood. No one will be saved unless he repents and trusts in Jesus Christ alone. That peace is coming to you right now. And it is my prayer that it will abide with you and not bounce off. (coughs) Heavenly Father, I pray for all people who are hearing my voice. Lord, it is my prayer That they will repent and they will surrender. They will be found worthy of this peace. This salvation. May they hear. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. You are proclaiming peace. Good tidings. Salvation. You are saying. Your God reigns. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of God. Is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen.